This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Hi there, welcome along to this podcast. And if you love your movies, you're at the right place, as our film critic William Mullally is joining me on the show. My name's Mark Lloyd, and we chatted, of course, about two big, big productions at the moment. One of them is Lord of the Rings, that apparently had a budget 10 times bigger than Game of Thrones. Can you believe it? 10 times more budget than Game of Thrones. It's just got to be good. And we also uh, talked a little bit about She-Hulk as well, which is really getting a lot of publicity here in Dubai. Enjoy the podcast and join me live on the show at weeknights 8 through 10 right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back into the show. It's movie time. Everything that we can see on a screen. Uh, William Mullally will tell us all about it, what we need to be getting our eyeballs onto. William, this week, I know you're super excited for Lord of the Rings. So, fire away. What do we know about this? Honestly, this show is one of the more interesting projects that I think has ever happened in the history of television. And I don't say that lightly. Yeah. It's it's really not just because this is the first time we're going to see a major Lord of the Rings based show. It's because they have fully gone all the possible way. The most ambitious series in history. This is going to cost Amazon Studios one billion dollars over five seasons. And the first season cost a staggering four hundred and sixty five million just for the first season. <laughs> wow, where's the money yeah, going? 11 years, <laughs> seriously, 11 years ago, um, the first um, series from Game of Thrones was about $46 million in total. So this is 10 times the cost of Game of Thrones. Wow. And honestly, all, as much as we talk about you know, that budget, as much as that might raise eyebrows, yeah. the question is whether they're going to actually pull off anything worthwhile. And I've seen the first two episodes, and I can say... This is Lord of the Rings. I am fully invested and on board with this series. I think they've really made something that, honestly, you might ask the question, where did that money go? You're going to watch it, you're going to say, okay, it's there on the screen. Really? They have made something just as special, I think, as the movies so far. In what way? Is it special effects? Is it sets? And Just tell me why it's so, you know, and it's obviously captured your heart, William. What's so special about it? I think, really... This is so special because of what Lord of the Rings means to culture, and I think because of what this series gives the potential to explore. So way back in 1914, J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of the novels, started working on this world. He'd come up with an elvish language and had decided that, you know, a language has a story. And so he went into thousands of years of how this magical world called Middle-earth came to be, how its, you know, heroes rose and fell, and the story that we ended up publishing in 1954, The Lord of the Rings, this trilogy, was actually the end of that story. And so as much as that story became a huge part of you know, the cultural lexicon, as much as it made dwarves and elves associated with that story more than anything else, especially when the Academy Award-winning movies came out in the 2000s, it really, I think, is a story that still has so much left to explore. And so this series basically... You know, we know that in Lord of the Rings, the Dark Lord Sauron had made these rings of power. He had been defeated by the, the uh, hells and the humans coming together. And then by the time we meet them, these, this is all ancient history. This series brings us back to that ancient history. Sauron is rising. He is just about to, to make the rings. All these 
you know, heroes such as a seal door whose sword we see shattered in basically a little museum in, inside the, the Elvish area has now just become a young man and is not yet the hero that he will be. And now we're going to trace that journey, you know, through this world over five seasons. And honestly, you know, I think the, the writers here um, are two huge super fans of this world who worked with the estate to not only try to parse exactly what Tolkien wanted, but also to explore, to condense things so it became a good TV show, to be something that was still, you know, captured the, the fun spirit and energy of what made Lord of the Rings fun in the first place. It, just, it wasn't just the fact that it was elves and dwarves, it was the fact that those elves and dwarves would joke, that they would banter back and forth, that they would ultimately come into the great friendships. I think that Lord of the Rings is special in so many different ways, and I think these people understand why it's special and are really giving a different era of this world those same qualities, which I'd love to see. Let's hear the trailer then for this one, Lord of the Rings. My brother gave his life hunting the enemy. His task is now mine. Speak your truth. Stand with me. Ours was no chance meeting. Not fate. Nor destiny. Ours was the work of something greater. Each of us. Everyone must decide who we shall be. Well, there's the trailer, Lord of the Rings. William, very excited about it. And uh, I believe you've been talking to some of the people behind this. Honestly, it's a sprawling, sprawling cast. There are 22 lead characters in this show. 22, which is really, I think, a tremendous testament to you know how much this world has to offer you know these are these are elves these are humans these are people from worlds that we'd only just heard about before but i think at the end of the day it's you know it's these amazing you know performances that are ultimately what we're going to cling to and if they don't find the right actors to do that they're just never going to have the effect that you might want them to and so i think when i was speaking to you know actors who are playing characters who we might know such as, you know, Robert Aramayo, who plays Elrond, who we know as, you know, the, the lead elf in the Lord of the Rings films, he really just wanted to capture that spirit as well as kind of capture the, the flavor of what made those friendships so special in that movie. And I think it gives us a new understanding of that character and also really just brings us back into this world. It was when this character kind of showed up in the second episode, along with his, his dwarven friend, that I was like, okay, this is the Lord of the Rings that I know and love. Where can we see it, William? So this is only on Amazon Prime Video uh, across the world. The first two episodes will be launching on September 2nd, and then every week after there will be one new episode. So I'm really excited to see this unfold. And honestly, don't worry about getting invested, because they're already starting to film season two right now, and the five seasons are absolutely going to happen. So unlike other series where you're like, ah, maybe I'll wait, I would say jump on board. And by the second episode of the show, you're going to be fully hooked, I promise that. You guarantee that. (laughs) I guarantee it. (laughs) <laughs> Guarantee payable to Amazon Studios. <laughs> well-
Welcome back into the show. We are talking uh, all things movies with uh, William Mullally. Very excited about Lord of the Rings. But this next one that we're going to talk about, I must say, all over the city. I've been seeing uh, promotions uh, for this on various posters, on hoardings, and it's She-Hulk, which her face is pretty much everywhere in Dubai at the moment, William. Yeah, and so we are on the third episode this week. The fourth one will be next week. And there's a reason that I waited this long to talk about this show with you, yeah. because I think She-Hulk is such a ridiculous idea, but it's also one of the most fun ideas. And the comic book has always kind of taken this character, who is the cousin of Hulk, who, in an accident, <laughs> okay. you know, they swap blood and she gets the powers, but then she maintains her sense of self through that and just goes on and carries on being a lawyer, representing superheroes as this gigantic green, quote-unquote, monster has always had this kind of absurdist fun to it. And they've always kind of known that. It's always had a winking to the camera quality that Deadpool straight up copied after She-Hulk came out. Um, and I think this show, especially as it goes on past the first episode into the second, third, and fourth, becomes something really special. And honestly, it becomes maybe the most fun Marvel project to date. Certainly the funniest. It's from the, the writer of, you know, the Pickle Rick episode of Rick and Morty, if that kind of gives you an yeah, idea yeah. of the tone. Um, and she takes on something that feels like Don't Trust to Be in Apartment 23, something like Ally McBeal, and also just gives a great room for cameos. So not only do we have this tremendous performance from Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, who plays the titular character, we also have some great you know, characters coming in. Abomination, played by Tim Roth from that first Incredible Hulk movie back in 2008, makes a return here. We have Wong who's suing someone and using her as his lawyer. I, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but Wong is incredible in the series. And even to come, we have you know Charlie Cox returning as Daredevil here in a comedy, which is something I'm so excited to see because Daredevil has always been the most serious Marvel project to date. And honestly, I think these writers really know how to bring out the best of these characters and are most interested in kind of giving this the vibe of that one scene at the end of Avengers, after the credits, when after defeating, you know, the big monsters in New York, they're all sitting in a shawarma stand, chewing silently, <laughs> having a little yeah, moment. Yeah. And it's the, you know, it's the most memorable scene in that entire movie, and this is basically a series that's like, okay, let's take that moment and turn it into an entire series. Let's have a listen in on the trailer. Still in control, no overwhelming feelings of rage. No, a normal amount of rage. You do revert back to Gen 4 when you sleep. Was the air horn really necessary? For comedy, absolutely. This is a multi-year journey you're about to embark on. Yes. Yeah. Who's your best friend? Nikki. Spandex. Spandex is your best friend. Being a Hulk asks for balance. You have so much more to learn. Yes! So I'm clearly nailing it at all of these things. If you want to go back to your life as a lawyer, I, I respect that. He doesn't mean that. Well, that's the trailer then for She-Hulk. Uh, as William said, it's um, certainly one of the most interesting and, and funniest um, series coming out of Marvel. So um, we're at, at, at um, episode number four at the moment, I think, William. Episode four will be coming next week on Disney Plus Day, which also has a number of like hugely exciting projects coming up that we'll talk about in good time. But in the meantime, I would catch up 
first episode is kind of standard Marvel fare, introduction, origin story, and once she gets into her law firm and starts doing fun things, it becomes the show that it, it promises to be in that moment. So honestly, I would stick with this to the end. In all nine episodes, I'm going to be watching as soon as they come out. Okay, uh, very quickly looking at the cinemas, of course, um, Idris Elba's Beast um, is out. That got unveiled uh, last night. Uh, anything else that you would recommend that we go to the movies to see? Hmm. I think there are a number of titles that are going to be coming up um, in the near future that I'm very excited about, especially as festival season yep. is starting to unfold. Um, we've got, you know, I, I think new films from Jordan Peele in cinemas now called Nope, which I'm still avoiding trailer or spoilers for and all trailers for because I have not a chance to see it yet. Yep. Spider-Man No Way Home is back in cinemas with 11 minutes of never before seen footage featuring all three Spider-Men. As well as, you know, some great horror films that I've heard really great things about. Orphan First Kill, if you like the first Orphan movie, this is basically just everything that was hoping to be. Um, my friend Fatima Albanoi's film Route 10, directed by my friend Omar Naim, is in cinemas. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is still going. Yeah. Where the Crawdads Sing, um, as well as Paul W.R.'s Last Journey, which I've heard is an incredibly fun film to see as well. So, honestly, there's a lot in cinemas right now. Probably too much to keep up with. Excellent. Well, uh, William, as always, thank you for joining us uh, on the show and bringing us up to speed. She-Hulk is definitely essential viewing by the sounds of it, and we'll catch you next week. Take care. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.